Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rural Monticello. This is May 29, 2022. This service was recorded May 22, 2022, sixth Sunday of Easter. The minister is Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lecturer is Kathy Harms. Thank you to Donna Helgens for sponsoring this week's broadcast in memory of Cliff Helgens. Welcome to the sixth Sunday of Easter. Let us begin uh, our worship with uh, the thanksgiving for baptism. If you want to join with me, you can follow along on page 71, which is different than 97. It's in the front of your hymnal if you would like to follow along. Aubrey, I invite you to go ahead and pour the water into the basin. Holy God, holy and merciful, holy, mighty, you are the river of life. You are the everlasting wellspring. You are the fire of rebirth. Glory to you for the oceans and the lakes, for the rivers and streams. Honor to you for the cloud and the rain, for the dew and the snow. Your waters are below us, around us, above us. Our life is born in you. You are the fountain of resurrection. Praise to you for your saving waters. Noah and the animals survived the flood. Hagar discovers the well. The Israelites escape through the sea and they drink from your gushing rock. Naaman washes his leprosy away and the Samaritan woman will never be thirsty again. At this font, holy God, we pray and praise you for the water of baptism and for your word that saves us in this water. Breathe your spirit into all of us who are gathered here into all of creation and illumine our days, enliven our bones, dry our tears and wash away sin within us and drown evil away around us. Satisfy all our thirst by your living water. Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Join with me in the prayer of the day for the sixth Sunday of Easter. You'll find this printed at the top of your bulletin insert. Let us join our hearts as one. Bountiful God, we gather your people into your realm, and you promise us food from the tree of life. Nourish us with your word, and empowered by your spirit, that we may love one another and the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Let us receive God's word for God's people. The first reading is from Acts chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, he immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samaras, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the, woman who had gathered, to the women who had gathered there. 
a certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Tyria and a dealer in the purple of cloth, in the purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The word of the Lord. The second reading is from Revelation chapter 21, verse 10 and 22 through 22.5. In the spirit, one of the angels carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there any more, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. The Gospel according to St. John on this sixth Sunday of Easter. Glory to you, O Lord. I invite you to be seated for the reading of the Gospel. Now some of you will be confused because if you like to follow along when we're reading, you're going to say, where is he reading? But if you'll look, there is an alternative to today's Gospel, and it comes from the Gospel of John. And this is a pre-Easter Gospel, but it's important as we see it from the season of Easter, Jesus sharing. And so I begin at verse 1 of chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been there in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, said the invalid, and replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. 
When Jesus, then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. The day in which this took place was on the Sabbath, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I'm going to invite uh, the young ones to come forward. If you're feeling young, come forward. But the young ones, come forward. Everybody's looking around. We have no young ones here today. We're all feeling old. Huh? Oh my. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, this is wonderful. This, this is absolutely wonderful. I'm glad to have the young ones coming forward at this time. Good. While you were coming up, I wanted you to see, and I didn't explain this, but if you want to just crank your necks to the right, you'll see a picture up on the screen. I'm sorry, Diane, on your other right. I was uh, looking at, uh, now you've seen it, I, you may not know who this is, although his name is right there, Austin Jeffrey Smith. He was born on October 28th in the year 2009. And was it just two days ago, he died um, back in 2016 on May 20th. He would soon be 13 years old. Um, I'm glad some of the older ones, younger ones came forward. <laughs> Um, do you know where Pastor has been the last two and a half months? You all shake your head. Where, where has he been? With my family. With my family. I had a wonderful opportunity to uh, be in Arizona and uh, be with mom and dad. And uh, I got to tell my dad 25 days in a row, I love you, dad. And he was able to say back to me, I love you, before he died. And he died at home. That was the wish. There was no way that my mother could care for dad at home. But if his, their sons would make the journey, and we did. You know, death shouldn't um, enter into a home of a young child. But it does. Have, have any of you experienced death? Have any of you experienced death of a loved one? I think it's touched all of us at one time or another in our lives. Austin, too, died at home surrounded by his family who loved him in that familiar place. The other thing that I wanted you to notice is that the crosses that surround us here made by our confirmants. Now, I didn't get a chance to visit with them, but I absolutely love... How the artwork on here, I don't know if you can, you can see this, we have a mosaic and a mirror. And if you look at that cross, you see yourself because Christ is with us. Remember, when we were baptized, we were marked with the sign of cross and we were sealed by the Holy Spirit forever. And I think, what was that student thinking? But that the cross looks back at us. And that Christ is with us. Now, I don't know if that's what they were talking about. And another wonderful mosaic up here on the altar. And then behind Diane, I love it. I think it's a Raleigh's baseball bat and uh, hardball. And you know what? Christ goes with us in life. Christ isn't just here at the church. But Christ meets us on the ball diamond. Christ meets us in school. 
Jesus is with us wherever we go. We're never alone. I love this one over here by the lectern with the three crosses. You remember Jesus didn't die alone. And there were people looking for forgiveness. At least one of the criminals was seeking forgiveness. And Jesus granted it. Today you will be with me in paradise. I wonder if that's what that student was thinking about. And I love it. You know, I'm a city boy and I come to Jones County and I'm seeing barbed wire wrapped around there. I don't know if they had barbed wire back in, in Jesus' day, but they sure had thorns. And I bet they felt like barbed wire on, on the head. Tristan, you did a barbed wire on yours. I love this one in the middle. Um, it has aluminum and copper running through it. The conduit of God's love flows through us. I don't know if that is what the person meant, but the, the, one of the, one of the uh, strands is made in the shape of a heart. And I love this one with the horseshoe. That must be a pony. It's got to be uh, a smaller horse. I, I just have a vision. I, heaven forbid a horse ever stepped on my foot. But uh, the fact that God put God's imprint into creation, that God made the heavens and the earth, the animals, and all that is in it, and God said it was good, and that Jesus died for all of creation. I love it. And then we have one back here that has a purple ribbon. Purple stands for royalty, that Jesus was the king, and he was nailed to the cross. And this one depicting, here is the king of the Jews, and below him is a, 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 a thorn crown. And boy, Jesus sure died, didn't he? He bled. And Jesus died for you and for me. And Jesus died for Floyd, for Austin, so that we may have life. He took care of death. God in the flesh came, lived among us, and died destroying the sting of death and giving us eternal life. So what I want to end on is Austin loved. Austin loved coming to church and giving to others. And we used to have this tube that would take forever for the kids to come forward and put their coins in there. And it was quarters always. And so today I have quarters. You want to take a handful of quarters and I want you to pass those out when you go back and if you take all of them, then the others won't have any. <laughs> but you've got to hand these out to everyone until they're gone. There you go. They have permission to get up and scatter. And so I'm going to invite you to do that now. And if we have any children who are here today, today we commission going back to the Blue Cups and the children going around and collecting the offering in the name of Austin Smith, who enjoyed... The gift of giving to others. And believe it or not, we have been giving for the last three months to the Austin Smith Inclusive Playground, which you're going to hear about in a temple talk. And so hopefully we have some little ones. If we don't, when it's the right time, they will come forward and pick up a blue cup and go around. And you may then give the little one a quarter in case you didn't bring one, I've supplied you with some. And when it's the right time, who's going who's gonna to bring the bucket up for me? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Reagan, that is wonderful. So Reagan will bring the blue bucket forward. 
And then anyone who's feeling young, we have not a lot of young ones today, to come and pick up a cup. And today's the official day that we go back to collecting that offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of life, for the tree of life, for the creation of these students who have made these crosses. Thank you the gift of life that was given to Austin and how he has impacted us with the legacy of giving to others and in being inclusive. That no matter what disease or, or inferment that you have, you are a child of God and you are, have every right to enjoy the gift of life, especially in the playground where you don't have barriers, but we come and we experience maybe a slice of heaven. Bless us now, Lord, and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. It is so good to be back with you. I have goosebumps right now. I can't think of any better place to be than here, this special place, in this worship center. Jesus comes to our infirmities. Jesus comes in our frailties. But not only this, he makes a way for us from death to life. God's love brings us from death to life, from sin to forgiveness, from making things all new. Jesus promised us he will be with us always and will bring us to the gift of eternal life. Jesus does this. God in the flesh among us and when we die to this life, we will rise to a new life, the gift of eternal life. That's what it made it easy for me to care for my dad as I saw him slipping away, that I would know one day I'm going to see dad again. And no matter what he looked like or what he was going through and struggling, that he knew I loved him unconditionally. And he loved me unconditionally. I celebrate the gift of the resurrection that is promised to all of us. And how do we know this? But from hearing the good news of Jesus Christ through the gospel, for friends, I tell you, Jesus is alive. He is risen. Christ has risen indeed. Hallelujah! In our pre-Easter gospel account, John gives us, the readers, an interesting perspective and location of where all this is taking place. You see, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a Jewish holiday. We're not told what Jewish holiday. It could have been Passover. It could have been the Festival of Booze. It could have been the Harvest Festival. You know they had Harvest Festival in Jesus' day. And when he came, he came through the Sheep Gate. Now that's significant, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. He came through the Sheep Gate. If I'm right, for those of us who studied the Book of Kings, were there seven gates to the city of Jerusalem? And the Golden Gate has been shut up forever until the coming of Christ again. But Jesus chooses to come through the Sheep Gate. And here is a pool. It's called Bethesda. And it's surrounded by five colonnades. Here there's a great number of disabled people who are sitting at, at the pool's side. Nobody's in it. Nobody is getting in this pool. They are the lame. They are the blind. They are the paralyzed. The Sheep Gate was just that. It's the gate in which they bring the sheep into Jerusalem to be sold for sacrifice. And two Sundays ago, together we read, I did from afar, you did here together. The 23rd Psalm is our psalm for the day. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth beside still waters and green pastures, and he restores my soul. People at this particular pool 
were looking to have restoration. They were not able-bodied. This pool was exclusive. It was not inclusive unless you had the ticket of blindness or lameness or you were paralyzed. Then you saw many like you, hurt, struggling. The other thing is when the sheep would come in, can you just imagine they don't come one by one? They come in a big group, smelly, dusty, pungent, undesirable. And yet this is where Jesus shows up. Everybody's coming into Jerusalem. I doubt many people came through the sheep gate unless they were bringing the sheep forward in order to sell them. So a sacrifice could be made. The people were gathered in the synagogues, in the marketplace. And Jerusalem was bustling with activity, but not in this corner of the city. On this particular festival, Jesus shows up in the most remarkable place, this pool where the least, the last, and the lost go to be healed in order to re-enter society. Jesus approaches the one he knows. I love that in the scripture. The one he knows. Yes, Jesus knows his own. Jesus knows his own sheep. He knows what haunts them, what hurts them, and drives them to their knees for healing, for forgiveness and wholeness. Jesus comes to this man as Jesus comes to each of us. The man who was an invalid was so for 38 years. You didn't live very long in the ancient world. You'd be very fortunate if you saw the year 50. Very fortunate. We didn't really tell us what ails him other than an invalid. But Jesus knows the man has lost all hope. He's paralyzed and he's left sitting at the pool. And Jesus saw him sitting there and he knew he suffered from this condition for 38 years. It gives us the understanding that this man's condition might be permanent. And given his age, there's no hope. Yet this man waits by the pool where there is the only place on earth where they know hope exists. And Jesus asked him the question, do you want to be well? Do you want to be free from your lifelong infirmity? And notice the man's response in the, to Jesus. Sir, I have no one to help me get into the pool, so then when it is stirred, I may enter first and be healed. He's waiting for a miracle. Would he be the first one lifted and placed into the water at the appropriate time and be healed? And how many invalids are there? 50, 100, 200? We don't know. And how often is the pool steer, stirred by the angels of heaven that provide this divine healing? Is it five times a day? Five times a week? Five times a month? Five times a year? What are the odds of this man and others to receive healing that they hope for? Jesus is the water of life. We had Thanksgiving for baptism. We heard Jesus is the water of life. And in the passage before preceding today's, Jesus meets the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well at midday during the scorching heat. You see, she was embarrassed. She was scorned. Jesus knew that she had five husbands. And the Messiah seeks a drink from her to engage in dialogue, not because Jesus is thirsty. And through this encounter, Jesus, like the invalid, knows the woman's pain. And Jesus answers her, If you knew the gift God, of God and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living 
water. For everyone who drinks of living water, or excuse me, if everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty, but whoever drinks of the water that I give, the living water, they will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a wellspring of water to eternal life. To eternal life. The tree of life. We heard about the book of life. The book of the Lamb. Your name is there. Oh, you didn't do anything special. I didn't do anything special. Your name is there. Because God loves you. The only one who can erase your name from the book, the Lamb of God, is you. God created you. God created the heavens and the earth. And God is never going to leave you nor forsake you. And God loves you all the way to the cross. Your name is in the book of the Lamb. If you don't want it there, you have permission to erase it. But it's there. When Jesus said to him, get up, take your mat and walk, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. This is not a faith story. We don't know if the man had faith. Jesus commanded the man who hadn't walked for 38 years to pick up his mat and walk under his own power. Nothing is said about the man's faith. Rather, Jesus, through the power of the Father's love, the power of love that goes through the current on the cross that we see by this confirmance depiction of God's love. Why did Jesus have to go to the cross? The power of God's healing ran through this man's ligaments, through his muscles, and through his blood vessels. The unnamed man does as Jesus commands. He gathers the mat and he walks away. No thank you. No question, who are you, sir? And Jesus disappears in the crowd as quickly as he came to the pool, to the man he knew. Last Sunday, Jesus commanded in the gospel that we, to lo we are to love one another. This Sunday, we see God's love and Christ's healing for the paralytic man. Not because he deserved it. He certainly seeked healing. But ra rather because of God's grace, God's mercy, and God's love. And God's will of divine love and healing. Not only for the woman at the well and the man at the pool, but also where you find yourself in life's difficult way. I hope none of us receive that horrible diagnosis your son or your daughter has cancer. Those are not the words that we want to hear. And it drives us to our knees. But I want you to know Jesus went to his knees. As he walked with that cross from inside, the insurrection that took place before Pilate was guided outside the city, not even in the center of Jerusalem, but at Golgotha, the hill of death, and there Jesus took on every cancer, every disease, every human ailment and sin and destruction. And notice how the passage then ends. The day in which this took place was on the Sabbath, Holy Saturday. The holy day set aside for God to rest. And this begs the question, is God's rest then found in God's loving and healing? I want to say yes. May we put Christ's love on. May we take on this gift that Jesus loves us while standing at our pools, while standing at the wells of heartache, knowing Jesus comes to us in our frailties.
our infirmities. Not only this, but he also makes a way from death to life. I'm here to proclaim as your pastor that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. And that my father lives. That Austin lives. As Kathy read from Revelations, take your insert home. We don't get much glimpse of heaven from the Bible, but what Kathy read is the closest description in which John gave in Revelations of what we can experience, what heaven might be like. Take it home, read it again, and celebrate in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promise that we received in our baptism that we too will live in the presence of God, no sun or moon, but in God's love. Amen. Gather as one. Let us stand and share in the prayer that our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Go in peace. Tell what God has done. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734. All rights reserved.